You ready? Ready. Skip is ready. Please return Bubbles, your flight <laughs> attendant, to her fully upright and locked position. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please take your seat and buckle up. Seat backs and tray tables on their full upright position. It's another episode of Skip Happens. A view from 30,000 feet. From the first music lesson to the first paid gig to signing the deal, it's the journey that is the life of an artist. Now, here's your captain and co-captain, a.k.a. your hosts, Skip Clark and nope. Deb Lamphere. Skip is here, but uh, Deb is not. So, uh, Deb is not with us tonight, but I'm, I'm flying solo. Wheels up. Let's go, my friend. And uh, welcome to Skip Happens. Sorry, we are just a little bit late. You know, <laughs> things have... It, Cassidy's laughing at me, and she's got every right to because she's been watching me on this end trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Uh, it's one of those nights where we all have these issues every once in a while that things just don't go the way they're supposed to go. So, But uh, we're doing it this way, and hopefully everybody can see me okay, and I can see Cassidy, so it's all good. How are you, Cassidy Lynn? I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> I'm a little better now. Yeah. Uh, a little flustered we yeah we all have those days and those moments so i just it's less stressful when you get to watch someone else have it but i I feel for you (laughs) you're just sitting there going look at him he's like flipping out he's freaking out he's going nuts can't find his glasses he's gonna try to this and he's gonna try that but anyways all right all that put aside we're here my my camera's a little different tonight but it i guess it looks fine hopefully it looks fine on your end as well yes but uh Cassidy Lynn, uh, we've actually been friends for a lot of years. And I asked her before we went on the air, I said, how long has it been? And it was just like, shit, it's been a long time. It's yeah, been said, a long- since what? And you said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Think about it. So, But uh, Cassidy is a central New York native, which is uh, we're so proud of her because she got up and left a 315 and ended up in the 615. So, and, yeah. and that's a cool thing. That's a cool thing. And you've done very, very well for yourself. And uh, I know we've had you here on Skip Happens before, and but it was, it's been a while. But there's yeah. a lot of catching up to do. And, yeah. um, you know, some of the big stuff. Let's, let's get caught up with you. What's been going on? Well, <laughs> uh, I just, it's always a grind, you know. I, yeah. we're, like we were talking, I had another babe um, mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. a year ago. So that's been keeping me busy. She, yeah, you mentioned that, and I went, oh, that was only last month. How can it be almost a year ago? I know. It's like, wow. I know. So awesome. They don't tell you it goes faster the second time. Mm-hmm. How was it doing what you do, being a songwriter and a performer and all that, and having a family? How do you juggle all that? Um, it's probably like juggling most things. I think that um, this the flexibility of it helps, you know, mm-hmm. with as far as being a parent, but, um, I have to call on my husband a lot if there's, you know, after hours stuff or, you know, like a podcast during bedtime or, you know, whatever it is, uh, which is, no, which is great. Um, and you know, so that's, I try, I guess I try to like, make sure with so many distractions in our world that when I'm, when I'm somewhere that I'm as present mm-hmm. as I'm be doing that thing, you know, awesome. whether I'm doing this or writing or with my kids, like just try to be there when I am. Do the, do the kids know what mommy does? My well, three, I know the other one's pretty young, but uh, what yeah. about the, the first one? 
My first one, his name's Abbott, and he is three and a half, and he wow. knows, yes. He loves to have me pull my guitar out and use his guitar to play with me. And oh. I told him I had to get on the computer tonight, and he said, are you going to do music? And I said, yep. And he said, I like when you get your guitar out and sing to me. Oh. And he's never said that. And I was like, oh, thanks. I like when I know. How sweet is that? I know, yeah. So I think to some degree he understands it, but. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's awesome. Tell us about your journey a little bit. Uh, when did you leave this area, head to Nashville? And let's let's talk about that. Kind of a review. I know we've been through this before, but sure. it's been a while. So. Yeah. So I went to, um, I got into a band up there when I was 16 and spent my last couple years of high school playing the area. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> started at county fairs before that, but got into a band of 16. So um, all the guys were in their 40s. They'd been playing for years and years and they were just awesome musicians and I learned a lot really quickly. Oh, I bet you did. <laughs> and so I had initially planned to move to Nashville after high school, but we were playing like some of the big show openers and I was meeting mm-hmm. a lot of artists from Nashville that way. And I was like, I'm going to just, you know, keep doing this here and have, you know, the supporters that had been coming out. Like I wanted to really have a, a support system when I left, sure. you know? Um, and so was doing that. And then in 2008, I went to, I went to, uh, school up there for two years and then transferred out in 2008 and went to Belmont and finished college there. I'm, I'm myself yeah. right now. Um, and finished Belmont in 2010, went for music business, um, which basically is a business degree. You just learn about copyright law and contracts and things like that. Um, and so I wanted to do that versus like a performing arts degree. Cause I'm like, I'm still gonna have to prove if I'm good at this, whether my, my diploma says that, you know, my degree says that, um, <laughs> that was just the, the approach I took. But, um, and then after college, I got a job at a Christian music publishing company on the sales and marketing side. Um, just because I was afraid to work on music grow. I didn't want people to be like, oh, she's on the business side. She's not a creative because I very much was trying to be a creative. And um, so did that for two and a half years till they eliminated my position, which was really a great Well, Mm -hmm. it was actually really good because I was I was working eight to five in a cubicle. I was taking two hour lunches to go take publishing meetings. I was writing Mm -hmm. songs from 5 p.m. until 10 p.m. and waking up and doing it all over again, just like to get better and meet people and be where I needed to be. And um it was tiring, but it was good. And um, then when they eliminated my position, within a couple of weeks, I got a part-time job at a, an actual publishing company on Music Grow. Not actual, a country publishing company on Music Grow. <laughs> They're both publishing companies. One's a Christian world, one's a country world. Uh, and so, yeah, so started doing that and then writing the other half of the week. Um, so I'd work a couple days, write a couple days. And cool. And yeah, and released my first EP in 2000. 13 during that time and i had told them when they hired me at the country publishing company that i was never going to push my music on them mm-hmm. but it was that point that it got in their hands and they were like okay we need to have a conversation and i was like okay let's talk <laughs> um and so i had been meeting with everyone in town and um i finally met with a guy named mike sebastian at given entertainment in december of 2013 and he offered me a deal and I was like, can you just say that again? Say it again. Say it slower. Because <laughs> you hear Cassidy, no so many times. Cassidy, we, we've got a deal for you. Are yeah. you listening? 
you hear no so many times that when you hear yes, you're like, can you just say, it? can you just repeat yeah. that? Wait, you know, you're not the only it. one that has said that. I, I, a lot of the artists that uh, Deb and I usually talk to, it's like, you know, you've got to learn to take no for an answer every once yeah. in a while because it happens so often. But yeah. there's so many people there trying to do what what you're doing. You and know? at the end so of the day, there's no, there's no like this is going to work and here's why it's all, it's all subjective. You know what I mean? So there's like no <laughs> guaranteed anything. And so that makes it even harder for people to make decisions. So I signed my first deal in February of 2014. And then I was writing songs for a living. So moving to Nashville had aspirations to be an artist and wanted to take the route of writing songs. Cause once you start to get hits for other people, they mm -hmm. consider you, for artistry kind of more easily you sort of have more access if that makes sense no no i got you yeah. yeah so i was trying to like do that and but then as i fell mm -hmm. in love with songwriting my desire to go be a touring stadium artist kind of shifted to like i'd love to sell out thousand person you know theaters to because they know my songs are going to move them but i don't know that i necessarily have to go be Miranda Lambert. You know what I mean? So right. no, exactly. Exactly. But being a songwriter, I mean, in a sense, when those artists sing your song, yeah. in a sense, you're up there, even though you're not really up there. But sure. you know, if it's a sold out arena, it's still a song that Cassidy had a part in writing. Yeah. So. And that was a thing that I never thought of until it had until someone sang a song of mine and I was like, oh wow. Like I didn't see this coming that this would be so mm -hmm. fulfilling, you know. And so that was like what kind of started to shift that focus a little bit for me. Sure. Wow. What have, uh, who are the, some of the people you've written with? I know you, you've been doing really well and we've got some really good news. Uh, we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. I'm pretty excited for you. And, uh, you know, we may be hearing, but now we might be, let me put it this way. We'll be hearing some of Cassidy's work on the radio real soon. I'm sure. <laughs> if not already here in the central New York area. So. But uh, tell us about some of the people you've been writing with. Um, I feel like I, since I've been around for so long now, like everyone starts to have this like respect for each other, but it, I, like it goes back so far. Like there are people, I feel like you wouldn't know who they were unless it was like, this is what they wrote. This is this <laughs> person and this is what they wrote. So, I mean, like I have some friends, Clint Daniels is a big one. He's written sure. for Eric Church and Joe Nichols and uh, mm -hmm. Um, Jason Matthews, who's written for, I mean, everybody, Luke Bryan, um, mm -hmm. what's, he wrote that song. That's just Jesse. Who did that? Kevin, um, Kevin Denny was that, was it Kevin Denny? I don't you know, I'm not anyway. really sure, but I, I realized that. And I know those names because I'm yeah. kind of working in the business and, and I hear from not only the artists, but the, uh, the companies that are pushing the product, the song to radio. And, you know, they'll say this is written by so-and-so or so, you know, and all yeah. that. But uh, the average person, they'll look at you and go, who are you? Because, oh, you, yeah. know, you, you say that song is me. Are you kidding? Right. You know? So. Yeah. And one of my and first that, friends here cool. was, was Forrest Whitehead. I, I learned a lot. Like we just, we were both baby writers and we were just learning from each other. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he went on to sign a publishing deal a couple years before me and then he was the guy who ended up writing Kelsey Ballerini's first three number ones and then producing her first two records, you know, and wow. Kelsey Ballerini was nobody and they yeah. started writing with her, you know, and, and that's just mm -hmm. kind of the name of the game these days is getting in with an artist before they're well known. And if you, if you jive with them and you're in their camp, then you kind of got to, 
straight shot onto their <laughs> onto their albums. So, but you're not only songwriting; you're getting out and you're playing. And I know yeah. you've been at the Bluebird. You've been at different venues in Nashville. What's it like to play a venue like the Bluebird? The Bluebird is like unreal. Like I've played several times and I'm, I'm never less nervous than I was the time before. Like <laughs> I'm always <laughs> nervous about it. And I like even this last show it was February 1st. I played so last month and I was just like nervous the whole time i was like yo i cannot shake this and i don't know why because i don't really get nervous to play anymore right i've never I've, i don't think all the times i've seen you and we've known each other for a while i've never seen you nervous you see yeah. i get the impression like i'm cassidy i have this let's do it <laughs> right and and a lot, most, i feel like a lot of times i you got to tell yourself that because i've done it enough now mm -hmm. that i'm like if you're doubting yourself now like <laughs> you know yeah really but seriously i just think at the bluebird like it's so rewarding that they have to be shushed if they talk because they're they're supposed to listen to every word. But it's mm -hmm. also so nerve wracking that they have to do that. And their eye level. So like you're not higher than them. They're in the same size seat as you. So like they're right here in front of right you. Right there. All eye level. And you could probably hear a pin drop in the place when somebody's playing. Yeah. So even if a pin drops, they're going to say, pick it up. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> right. What's it like, though, to uh, how do you get to play in the place like the Bluebird? Well, when I first moved to town, I stood in line in February in the freezing cold mm -hmm. to audition. Yep. And that's where I met Mitch Rosell, who's now writing Garth Brooks hits. Um, cool. But he, but like we, they basically said, if you play five times and you do a good job, whatever that means, like you'll start to book rounds here. And I played five times and nothing happened. And then I played Tin Pan South and I met a guy whose wife books the rounds and he's like, I'm sending her all your info right now. You have to book some rounds there crickets so the only way <laughs> the only way i've ever played around there is if i've been invited to play around there and the mm. and so i've probably played five or six now um that weren't like open mic like actual rounds um mm -hmm. but i guess like the more you do that and the more they see you the more they'll be like hey like we've seen you you should book around you know exactly how often do you get out and play some of the writers rounds um i would say not so, like maybe once every couple of months like i played okay. list a couple months ago yeah, yeah. um First starting out, like when I first got here, I'd be out like every week, you know, just because like figuring it out and finding co-writers and whatever. And that's still important. But, you know, there's something to be said sometimes about playing your cards close, and like not playing out all the time, you know? Yeah. No, I got you. When was the last time mom uh, came by for a visit? My mom? Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, wait she's in the other room no no my kidding. cat is like clawing at my window for my, <laughs> i'm hiding in my bedroom away from my children and my cat is clawing at my window outside <laughs> hashtag real life peeps real that's life it. exactly and that's why i love the podcast because when we now you and i are friends if i as i've mentioned already a million times but still I think I'd like to bring out the fact that regardless who I talk to, you're still a real person. You have a life, you have pets, you've got a family, you right. grocery shop like everybody else, you know, but, uh, you know, just knowing you and you made the move and you've done real well for yourself because you're aggressive, you know what you want and you're going to go after it when it comes to songwriting and performing and all that. So. That's and it's cool. been interesting because it, the industry has shifted and changed a lot since I got here. And, yeah, and how has it changed? It just in so many ways. Um, growing up, watching, listening to 90s country, it was all mm -hmm. artist driven. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and the songs were written by songwriters. True. Um, and as, as technology developed and people were able to get songs for free or cheap or streamed or however, mm -hmm. 
it took money away from the industry because people weren't buying albums. And so in an effort to make more money, some of the artists wanted to, a piece of the publishing. And so artists started to want to write their own songs. And now it's really, really like really hard to get a song on a record that the artist isn't on. Like there are people like George Strait and Tim McGraw mm -hmm. who are still out there who are like, you guys are better at this than I am. Right. Um, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to write a song. Some artists are incredible songwriters, but some of them aren't. And when they don't want to cut outside songs, which means songs that they didn't write, mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. maybe one or two spots on an album for this many songs in, in town. Sure, sure. You know, so like the part about it that they say, like it takes talent and it takes mm -hmm. who you know, but there's a whole lot of luck involved. Like that's where that comes in. Cause it's like, there's only so many spots for, you know, songs. <laughs> And um, how do you pitch a song to an artist? You've written a song and maybe you and somebody else and you yell, you know what? This would really fit uh, Luke Bryan. How would you pitch it to him? Or does he come to you or does he go to the where you work and look at the uh, the whole catalog of songs? How I wish Luke Bryan would come knocking on my door and say, what you got, girl? I'd be like, <laughs> I got all these. No, <laughs> I wish you would. Um no, so basically what I would do in that case, like when you have a publishing deal, like, mm -hmm. they do that for you. And I currently am not. And when I left it in 2020, that's a whole other story. Okay. But, um, they, it's their job to kind of take your best songs and go play them in pitch meetings for A&R people or whatever mm -hmm. so that they can mm -hmm. hold them for the artists and what they're looking for and then go play it for them. Um, it happens in all different kinds of ways. That's like the most traditional way, but that it doesn't always happen that way. If there's, if I'm an outside writer and I don't have a publishing deal, but my co-writer does, their mm -hmm. publisher is going to go do it. Or I can, if I know someone who knows Luke Bryan's manager, I can just reach out to them and be like, Hey, I just like, I really need you to check this out, you know? So there's yeah, all exactly, different avenues. Exactly. You just got to exactly. get scrappy sometimes. <laughs> you know? And how does, well, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, totally, right. totally get that. How does uh, a songwriter get paid? Songwriters. Okay, so. Or you don't. You, <laughs> very little. When you have okay. a publishing deal, mm -hmm. they pay you what they call a draw. And it's basically your salary that's mm -hmm. high enough that you're not so stressed about keeping the lights on that you can't write songs. <laughs> but low enough that you're not going to owe them a bunch of money back because your right. draw is recoupable. Right. That's whenever you hear draw, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm getting paid, but I'm not really getting paid because I have to pay it back. Right, right. So if you, <laughs> if you, if and when you recoup, you just saw my sweatpants. You see that? If oh, and yeah. when, if I and can't when do you that. recoup, <laughs> if and when you recoup in a publishing deal, you can always renegotiate the way the money comes in so that you can start to make more. Mm -hmm. But if you don't recoup after a certain amount of money, that's when they would drop you. Cause they're like, okay, we're not bringing it back in. Right. And so they write it, they would write it off. So I don't just She's have gotta to go. She's got to go. She's not making us money. Right. That's it. Oh, but I don't, I also don't like, it's not only a reflection of me. It's also a reflection of them and pitching and all sure. that. Absolutely. And, and if they're a hundred thousand dollars in the hole on you, you know, they can write it off. I'm not, I don't have like a tab now forever. That right. Right. No, no. But still, I mean, that's what I, I think a lot of songwriters and a lot of our aspiring uh, songwriters or people that want to be artists don't understand. It's 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 a lot of work because, yeah, you'll get a draw, but you got to pay all this money back before you actually start putting money in your own pockets. Right. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you get the draw, but then like once you start to recoup, depending on what your deal says, they either take 100 percent of what you make until you pay it back and then you get a huge chunk. 
or mm-hmm. they take 50% of what you make until you pay it back. And that's way more rare to find a deal like that. Oh, gotcha. Um, gotcha. So a lot of times they want hundred percent so that they can get their money back first. What songs um, I know, but I want you to tell, tell our viewers and our, and our listeners that uh, even my, my inner ears are weird. I don't, I swear to God, somebody came down in this pod zone of mine today and did something. I should ask my son. That's all I'm be. saying. Mom and dad work all day. He's home. So it could be anything. Maybe but that's um, party earlier. You never know. Now I forgot what I was going to ask you. What did I start out saying? Anyways, let's forget about that right now. Tell us about what's going on with Tracy Lawrence. Because oh, you were saying I something know. about what songs, and then you said, I know, but they don't know. And then you said, what songs? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. What songs of yours or that you have co-written that have been played on the radio? So people know. Oh, I mean. Ball cap. Yeah. Ball cap. Ball cap. It. So that, yeah. So Glenn Templeton brought that to number one on Sirius XM Radio. Dylan Scott mm-hmm. put it on his debut album with Curb Records. Um, and then, I mean, I, like I had a girl who won the voice a few years ago that recorded mm-hmm. something recently. I had a girl, um, named Stephanie Quayle, who's well known in town. Who's sort of on the ride. Yep. She played, um, she played one of my songs that she cut on the Opry last year. That was the first nice. time I saw on the Opry, which was so cool. Oh, wow. Um, that was a full circle moment for me for sure. But yeah. as far as like terrestrial FM radio play, like it's something that I'm still working towards. Yeah, I know you you have music coming out. I know that. And, you know, we talk about Sirius. We consider that radio as well. So it's been played. Sure. People have heard your music. They just don't know who Cassidy Lynn is. And that's why I'm doing this, because right. well, people need to know who Cassidy Lynn is. Not just on me. my Spotify page. <clears throat> on my Spotify page, I do have a playlist that's called Songs I Wrote. And oh, um, wow. there's there's like 30 songs on there that have been released by other artists on Spotify besides me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really cool to kind of sort through sometimes and just be like, okay, like you kind of have to celebrate your victories and be like, okay, (laughs) this is, you know, like I had 30 songs out that people recorded that, you know, um, but there's an artist on the rise and you have to watch for him. I don't know if you've met him yet. His name is Jordan Fletcher. Um, I've heard of him. I have not met him, but I I have heard of him. Yes. Good dude. He signed with triple tigers, which is where Russell Dickerson is. Yep. Yep. And he just put out his first EP that Dave Cobb produced and Dave Cobb produces Chris Stapleton, which I'm sure you know. Yes. Um, and so he put out a four song EP as his first like debut on this record label. And I had a song on it with him. So oh, that was wow. a really cool release date that actually came out the same day as the Tracy thing. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's just gotta be such a high to know that, uh, you know, your music's getting played with different artists and, you know, it's included in, you know, in different, different sure. shows and stuff like that on the radio, whether it's a satellite or terrestrial, um, you got to know that. Now I want to know about this uh, Tracy Lawrence deal. This is pretty big. I've been reading about it and I'm going, Oh my God, Cassidy wrote this song and Tracy's singing it. This is cool. Yeah. So tell us about it. Yeah. So um, I, I wrote with um, Connor sweet. So Connor sweet and I yep. were on the same, we had the same publishing company for a while. Um, he's still there and he is also an artist. And then there's a woman named Marla Cannon, and she mm-hmm. is Buddy Cannon's daughter. So Buddy Cannon wrote like Friends in Low Places and Riddick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Well, most of us know who Buddy Cannon is. All right. Marla is like in her 50s, but she's his daughter, and she wrote The Fool for Leanne Womack. She's written, she wrote um, whatever, the Jose Cuervo, whatever it is, that 10 rounds of Jose Cuervo. And I mean, mm-hmm. she's had like mm-hmm. on the fits. And um, so she and I wrote with Connor, we wrote this song called Don't Drink Whiskey. 
Mm-hmm. And we thought it was pretty cool. And her Marla's publisher heard it and she was like, I really, really want to pitch this for Cole Swindell. Can you guys get like a guitar vocal done? Like something besides a really rough work tape. We're like, sure. So we put a date on the calendar to do it. And I had a friend um, who does tracks and I was like, and he doesn't do outside tracks. He usually only does his own, but he's like the best. And I'm like, can you just do And he's like, sure. <laughs> so I had to write that same day. And Connor will admittedly tell you that he's not a great phrasing guy. Like he needs you to sing songs <laughs> to him first. So I was like, so I went over before my right, got all the phrasing down with him, went back to my right while Connor did the vocal. Then after my right, went back to put background vocals on it so we could get it done that day. And I was going to cancel my right, but they were like, no, you're not canceling. I was like, okay. So we just made it happen. So I went back and uh, put harmonies on it. We got this song done, and then Cole Sundell passed. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> he didn't want it. All that's right. the name. Of the, I don't know if he did. His people did, but that's like the name of the game. It's like let's see how much we can like how much effort we can put into this for them to not want it. <laughs> like that's right. like my life. <laughs> um, and so anyway, so then it just kind of sat, and we actually talked about revisiting a couple of the lyrics. We're like maybe there's something we missed on. Mm-hmm. And then Connor calls me. I'm in my kitchen. And he's like, you are never going to believe who just called me. And Connor loves 90s country. And I was like, okay, who? And he was like, Tracy Lawrence just called me. I was like, oh, cool. Are you sure? I was like, what do you? He's like, have you ever heard him talk? Like, yes, I'm sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, what do you say? He's like, well, he wants to cut Don't Drink Whiskey. And I was like, he does? He's like, yeah. And I was like, well, that's cool. Like, how did that happen? And I guess Marla's publisher pitched it and she knows everybody so she probably pitched it to him i don't even know i'm not mm-hmm. really even sure how that happened but i i was like what so he said yeah he's doing three albums he's recutting a bunch of his old stuff and like he's putting a few new songs on and he and drink don't drink whiskey he's gonna be one of them well one thing they'll tell you in town is not to believe that until it's printed like until my <laughs> until name you is see in, it. yeah 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 yep. my name is in the flap like it ain't happening you know Yep. So um, in the fine print <laughs> <laughs> where it should be in the big print along as well as the artist, but go ahead. So Sorry. I was just like, great. I don't know what I'm ever going to hear about this again, but that's awesome. Like, yes, I was excited, but you know, just cautiously optimistic as you need to be. So, um, listen, this is it, right? If you've never snuck behind a barn, smoke a if you've this. never had a breakup fight, the whole town can't forget. If there ain't a list of things that you do differently, you probably don't drink whiskey. Love the fiddle. If you've never let some words fly out, you wish you could take back. If you've never had to turn around on the road to where you're at If the path you're on ain't paid with inconsistencies You probably don't drink whiskey And if you've never woke up on the wrong side of the bed With a war of water and what went wrong going on inside your head Never had your heart ripped apart, realized how lonely, lonely, missing me. You probably don't drink whiskey. How does that? 
Oh my God, it's so good. How does that make you feel though? I, maybe it's a dumb question, but when you hear that, what do you feel? It just, it, it gives you like a little bit of like, I did it. Like I did what I said I was going to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? You did it. <clears throat> just getting on the other side of, I always said on the other side of the radio and like hearing an iconic voice like that. Like I grew up with on and paint me in Birmingham and you know, Texas tornado. Yeah. And oh you know, God. and, and the album he put this on is with all of those. Like he re recorded them all and right smack dab in the middle of them. If you look at the track list, Mm -hmm. is our song and i was just like just a voice like that is really cool as an honor for sure have you been uh have you been in attendance where he has performed that not yet not yet i hope to be you need to be yeah at some you point need to be. yeah absolutely but does, so he, he, does he know who you are i don't know like he knows marla i know he's called connor and um yeah and I know he knows that I'm on it. <laughs> I have never had a conversation <laughs> with him about it. Have you had him over for coffee yet? No, uh, but I know I should not for sure. You know, he's a he's a really cool guy. He hangs out with my friends Big D and Bubba. They all do their, you know, they've got their own business going. And, yeah. of course, they do our morning show. So, but, uh, you know, more often than not, Tracy Lawrence is bouncing around the studio. So Yeah. So, it, the so apparently they didn't made a music video for it that's on CMT. Mm -hmm. And so it was supposed to come out on January 28th and on the 27th, it was on Spotify. And so Marla and Connor and I were texting each other. We're like, do you know anything about this? Like what's happening? They're like, Oh, I think it's on CMT. I was like, there's a video. Like you find out as the world finds out. Like <laughs> we didn't know anything. So I was like, okay, great. You know? And so mm -hmm, we, mm -hmm. we posted about the video and then the song. And I was kind of fiddling around here to get it. That's what I was doing while you were talking because I wanted to play it. And I, I, who knows what's going to happen on this end tonight. I um I, I brought that up off YouTube, so. Oh, there you go. Oh, the video. Yeah, the video. That yeah. was the video. I hope it was. Yeah. It was something. I don't know. But uh, all I know was it's a damn good song. Yeah, don't so whiskey. here's how you know you've been in Nashville for a long Thank you, by the way. I wasn't trying to skip over that. No. Um, but I was just going to say, the way you know you've been in Nashville a long time is in the video. They filmed it at a place called Urban Cowboy in East Nashville. There's okay. a cowboy and a ballerina. And the ballerina is a songwriter, and I've written with her before. <laughs> like, <laughs> really? that's how you know you've been around a while. <laughs> everybody knows everybody. That's Anybody right. that's in the business, it's like, yeah. it's, a, it's a close knit group of people. Yeah. More or sure. less. More or less. Yeah. So there's a lot of good and some bad. And it all just kind of, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just, that's life. We all go through it. We won't yeah. go there. Yeah. And in a small town, you drive around and you're kind of like, you know where everybody's at because you know their car. And it, it kind of gets like that on Music Row, which is kind of cool. Yeah. How deep into Nashville do you go? Do you you just go to Music Row? Is that where you guys work out of or that's where they uh, you guys write? Or do you go right into town and hang out at some of the places? You kind of, you know, if you're now I'm not there. I'm there once or twice a year. Right. Which I never see you. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, but, uh, I try to hunt you down every CRS. You did. And yeah, we at the country radio seminar was just two weeks ago. And yeah. I know I did get a text from you. It's like, I was just crazy. You know how it goes. It gets so crazy as much as you'd love to spend time with somebody. It's like you get pulled in so many different directions Yeah, and you just got to do what you got to do. But that's why we're doing this. And yeah. uh, when you, when you come back to the area this summer to visit the fam or whatever you're going to do play out, uh, you do have my phone number. Mm -hmm. Um, just saying. 
I'll give you a call for sure. <laughs> we'll get you in the radio station too. We do something. But uh, yeah, do you great. do you you don't go down to the tourist areas? Do you go down on Broadway anymore? Not much. I mean, here and there once yeah. in a while. But um, I think it's fun to be a tourist every once in a while. And yeah, maybe every once in a while. But that, what I was going to say, even somebody like me, I only go there once or twice a year, and it's gotten to the point where okay, I'm not going to go over there. I'll go over here. You know, I like to go places like the station in or hit the, uh, you know, some of the the bars on the outskirts of town. So to Robert's speak. Western World is still pretty much a haven, too. Yep. Um, yep. The Cash Kings play there. Yep. And uh, the drummer. Um, oh, God, I can't think of his name now. He's actually from Cortland. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. That's and cool. his son is uh, him and his new bride. They have a duet thing going. In Nashville, oh. so yeah, that's cool. It's really. I cool. followed the Don Kelly band for a long time, and he just retired, but they do still play. And he had Johnny Cash's original bass player for years mm -hmm. and years and years. And now the guy that plays bass for them is a lot like Jerry Lee Lewis, like that same energy that's like up on the side of the upright yep. bass, and like it's just crazy. Oh my god, that's so awesome! That's so, so awesome. Cool. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, but as far as it's gotten, like the demographic of country music has gotten younger, so the crowd in Nashville has gotten younger. As you witnessed, we've bypassed Vegas for the parties. Yeah. So um, I don't go there a whole lot. No, no. And I get that. I, I totally understand that. It's just a lot of people, I think Nashville is a cool place to go, a cool place to visit. Yeah. If you've never been there, take yeah. in all those, you know, you get all the different restaurants and every major country artist has his own restaurant on a certain corner. Uh, all that's going on. And why not? If you're, if you're going there to, to see what it's all about, absolutely yeah. take it in. But if you're going to do that, you need to go to the Ryman. You need to go you know, the places like that and see what the history is all about. Because when I walk into the Ryman Auditorium behind Tootsie's, when I walk into that, it's like, wow. And we had lunch there a couple of weeks ago when I was there for the seminar. So it's just every time I do that, it's just amazes me. Yeah. Have you had a chance to play on that stage? I have. I have. Um, oh. My first job in Nashville was at the Ryman. I don't know if, did I ever tell you that? Probably yeah. not because you don't tell me much. <laughs> well, I walked around <laughs> Broadway because I wanted to be where the action was. And I literally right. applied everywhere, like gift shops. And the only place that called me back was the Ryman. <laughs> and that was the one I wanted. And so um, I was a concert usher to start with. And at 730 in the morning, once a month, they'd have the whole roster of concerts for the month. And you would sign uh -huh. up for the ones you wanted to work. So, like, I got to see some incredible shows. And so... After being a concert usher for a while, I transitioned into being a backstage tour guide because I just mm -hmm. am a nerd when it comes to the history of country music and how it's all connected. Um, and so I was giving backstage tours and doing the concert thing. And so I should say I have not played the stage when it's like sold out, but they would allow like each once a year, they did a big event where we could like play on the stage if we, if that was what we did or whatever. So I've mm -hmm. played it a couple times for that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that's exactly what Trisha Yearwood did. Not not the Ryman, but she worked at the Country Music Hall of Fame yep. way back in the day. Yep. Uh, she started taking tickets, and then she ended up doing the tours. Now yep. look at her. Just saying. Yep. Everybody does. You know, Alan Jackson worked in a mailroom. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. You know, everybody's got to do a little something, something. What's that? In the Nashville Palace. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. See, just you know, everybody's got to start somewhere. So what's next for Cassidy Lynn? Writing the stories. Um, 
I don't know. You know, it's like I, there are days that I, I struggle because, you know, country music's changed so much and I, yeah. I still love it, but you're almost like, I'm in love with you for who you used to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, so, no. I, yeah, um, absolutely. So I'm just, you know, at the end of the day, I just want to keep the integrity of what I love about it intact when I'm doing it and creating it mm -hmm. and stay true to what I do. And, and my goal for like my short term goal for a while has been an FM number one. Like I've stood on number one stages for <laughs> handfuls of friends. And I'm mm -hmm. like, at one, at some point, gonna happen, <laughs> this you know. is going to be mine, you know, um, it's going to happen, which I love celebrating my friends. Don't get me wrong. You mm -hmm. know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, should. I'm just trying to get in the rooms that make sense and, mm -hmm. and, uh, right with artists who are kind of on their eyes and, you do know. you think, uh, you'll always be an independent artist? Um, I don't know. Like I've met, there's a, there's a record label rep in town that she's just been in my corner for years. She heard my writing. Yeah. She's like, this girl knows who she is. She signed Ashley McBride. Like she could just mm -hmm. any day be like, Hey, you want to do this? You know? But I've never, like, beat down her door to do that um, as far as the artistry goes. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying I would never – I never want or would have a record deal. It's not something I've been pursuing, you know. But I'll tell you why I asked. Because knowing you, you're about yourself and running your own life and making it happen your own way. And that has gotten you to where you are today. You know, even though you're not the su at superstar status, you're but you're one of those that's writing those songs that go to the superstars or the the big artists. So <clears throat> that's why I think I I can just see you continuing to do what you're doing and make yeah. it work for you. And it's your passion and your dedication. And granted, country music we I know just like you do. It's not the same as it was back in the '90s. Been there, done that. It's you know, it's a whole different feel nowadays. Yeah. So. Yeah. I know there are just artists who struggle when the record labels like go get the numbers on TikTok and then we'll sign you a deal. You know, it's just a little <laughs> bit backwards in that way. Um, yeah. right now, yeah. which is fine. I mean, they want to teach their own. Get it. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I totally get it. But yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like you are the, like I'm the CEO of Cassidy Lynn LLC and I've got to believe in my products more than anybody else. There you go. You know, and you just, and you do. And I think at some point approaching, when I was approaching 30, <clears throat> I just kind of was like. Don't even go there. Right. Well, <laughs> I, I just, in my nine-year-old head, when I had this dream, I like was this huge stadium artist and then I could figure out my family and whatever later. Like, you know, so when I was like, oh, mm. like, maybe I should let this, all of this happen. It was one of those things where it was like, I'm a lifer. You know, and like it might not always be pretty and it might have to look different ways at times oh, and seasons, you know, I know. But still, but still, you're in it for the long run, girl. That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. You are. And when you get home, of course, you're going to be hopefully you'll be playing out doing a couple of little things here and there because I just can't see you coming home and not doing that because every time you've been home, you've been somewhere. So, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's so cool. What can we find on Cassidy Lynn music.com? If we were to go to the website, that's a great question. I haven't been on it in a while. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, last, I guess last year. Um, and then I guess the year previous. So the fall of 2019 into that is false. The fall of 2020 <laughs> into early 21, I was releasing, um, singles. So mm -hmm. there are four songs that I recently released um, as 
I guess the last one was a year ago this month. It was a song called The Writer. I just uploaded a video of that um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to commemorate the one year. Um, oh. So there's that kind of stuff. And then oh. so my music's on there. And just like you can find when I do oh. book some of those shows, you'll find the dates there and some info about awesome. what I'm up cool to. Stuff. Very cool stuff. You're just awesome. And uh, thanks for taking the time to chit chat a little bit. I definitely wanted to find out about the, uh, the Tracy Lawrence situation. That is that it, we're just so proud of you. That is so thanks. cool. Yeah. When I saw it on Facebook. I went like, yes, you go. <laughs> you know, I, I am a big supporter. I know you don't hear from me much. It just, we're all so busy, but sure. you know, you always have a friend right here. And okay. if you ever need anything, you know, like, playing the music i can help you (laughs) yeah i know i'm always like here's this song that's coming out play it on your station yes yes you did that with ball cap but you know what i mean ball cap that was i mean they're all great i just i'd love that song and then it was gone but uh it was definitely good stuff and upbeat feel good you know glenn templeton you you gotta love that you gotta love that stuff so anyways cassidy you're awesome skip you're awesome thank you no cassidy you're awesome (laughs) where how far outside of nashville do you live um it takes about 35 40 minutes probably um that's on a good day yeah just (laughs) and we're great i mean once we're out here it's like worth it but um even the housing market out here is blowing up now so everybody moving here and we're like we ain't got it's crazy i know there's no room (laughs) stay home we're full (laughs) we're full (laughs) no i and i i i know that (laughs) i've seen it and I've seen it over the years grow and uh, what, you know, used to land there and you can get to go into town to take you 20, 25 minutes to get into town. Now, if you, you arrive at the airport and you need to go into town and it's like, it's an hour. So yeah. just, you know, depending on time of day and traffic, but it's, it's crazy. And there's a crane on every corner or there was a what? You know, a crane, a crane, crane, crane. Yeah. It's the uh, Tennessee state bird. Uh, yep exactly that's what i was gonna say <laughs> cassidy lynn you're awesome thanks for coming on skip happens tonight you're awesome thank we, you we love you say hi to your mom and everybody give the kids a hug and uh you know hopefully all is well with you and always here for you you come home you know where to get a hold of me let's do something we'll all right a lot of fun. all right cassidy lynn everybody thanks for joining us again and thanks for coming on sorry about the uh, delay i'm a little more relaxed now i can go get a cold one but uh, it's all good go. Cassidy, have a great night. Stay right there. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming out live. Here we go.